Me, 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 me. I know I'm not supposed to clear my throat, but there's just a lot there. <laughs> and it's not going to go anywhere unless I make it go somewhere. Sorry for my throat. I just uh, got back from a run, and it, 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 like the cold loosened everything up. And so now I feel like I'm sick, but I'm not sick. Let's all cough together. Ready? <clears throat> <clears throat> I, can't, I can't cough and laugh at the same time. <laughs> I will do my best to mute right. my microphone, but I apologize ahead of time. All right. So, anyway. So, what have you been up to, Bob? Uh, me. Um, hmm. We had Easter this weekend. We we hung out. You know, had a good good weekend. It rained a whole lot um, Friday and Saturday. I had to do a bunch of yard work, so I was out there in the rain getting stuff done. And then yesterday on Easter, it was beautiful. It was 70, 75, somewhere in there. Super sunny. Great. So we spent the whole day um, in the backyard hiding Easter eggs for the kids. And then we had some people over, Josh and his family and some other friends over, and had a big cookout. It was great. It was a nice spring, spring day. When I was a kid, I always remember Easter being a big deal. And then, like, as I got older, it wasn't such a big deal anymore. And it's funny. My dad called me yesterday morning. He goes, what are you doing today? You have a house full of people. I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, it's Easter. I'm like, oh. I go, no, I'm not having anybody over. I'm working all day. I had to go see Taylor's mom for a little bit. We had brunch because she was in town. And then Taylor drove her to the airport. And Taylor drove her to the airport. I came and worked on my Carolina Shoe Whirly gig till 7 o'clock. And then me and Taylor got together and we watched two episodes of Game of Thrones. Which I never watched ever before. And I'm still mm. curious why people like that show. <laughs> <laughs> did you start at the beginning or did you just start at some random episodes? No, these two episodes that, uh, the, you know, this final season, episode one and two. Episode, we watched it, well, Taylor's into the Game of Thrones. So we watched episode one of this final season, whatever this newest season. And then she looked at the watch and she goes, oh my God, the other one's going to be out any minute. Let's watch season, you know, the second episode of the season. I'm like, okay, cool. So- so you started at episode one of season eight yeah. of yep. a really complex show. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it all figured out. Like that, those two are brother and sister, and they're having sex. Those, that's the nephew and the niece, and they're having sex. And that's the brother of the brother of the brother. But he doesn't know he's the brother, and then they're having sex. Yeah, it's definitely not a show for kids. So I've never just throw that out there. I've never seen it. Like, and- this, is, this is the Game of Thrones. This is kind of like, huge secret. And in the next scene, someone's having sex. <laughs> Another huge secret. And then somebody who's not supposed to have sex is having sex. Another yeah, huge secret. That is, that is. And then somebody dies. That's the way the show goes. Huh. I said to tell, I go, all these secrets, is there any, do they write in this fantasy world? Do they have pens and pencils? Is there any documentation? All these secrets can be made up. Everybody's an orphan that has now turned out to be somebody special. You are critiquing a show that you're uh, you start on the eighth season, so <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Oh, is all the secrets come out in the eighth season? All the secrets in the sex? No, I mean it's. I mean, I'm not that far into the show actually, but it's it's pretty much that same thing the whole time. Yeah, as far as I've seen, that's the rhythm. And then all of a sudden it ends. I'm like, wait a minute. I feel like we're still like building up to Act One. <laughs> <laughs> so slow. Like, I can only imagine what the script looks like. It's probably three pages long. There's, there's like, hardly any dialogue, and it's just, like, the camera whispering through, like, some fantasy world where some parts are cold and some parts aren't cold. 
We had a similar experience with with The Wire. We have a couple of friends who are like, just go nuts. Like, The Wire is the best show ever. We watched four episodes and we're like, you know what? Let's move on to something else. It was it just wasn't for us. Yeah. And there's a lot of shows that are just not, uh, they hit with certain people and they just don't hit with me or with a lot of other people. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch The Wire. I, I remember watching The Wire, watching a couple of guys sitting in a car for like 30 minutes. It's like, what's what's happening? <laughs> you know what we we need a show where just jimmy critiques movies and, and television shows because this is great <laughs> yeah he doesn't watch enough of them to have that critique though it would be like one episode <laughs> well, we everything he's ever seen and then oh, it i or, could not watch anything better yet we just have jimmy jump in the middle like totally like unaware of what's going on and then and then give a his his review of the show <laughs> I can't watch anything. I swear to God. Like I, I hear like I listen to Howard Stern a lot, and they're constantly talking about this series and that series and this series. I, I don't. I just can't watch anything. I watch it for like about twenty minutes if I stay that long, and then I'm just like, all right, let's see what's going on on Instagram. And nothing <laughs> holds my attention. Nothing. Brad is always picking on me because I never watch anything. I never. I never watch any movies. The actual last time I was in a movie theater, I. The movie, the movie that I can remember watching last, sitting in a movie theater, me, Taylor, and Willie went family. We went family style to a movie about the Boston Marathon. Remember that movie? There was a movie out about the Boston Marathon oh, bombing. Yeah. That was the last movie. I went. And before that, the last movie I probably sat in was probably about six or eight years before that. Hmm. I can't remember. Wow, that's the last time I was actually went to a movie theater and sat in a movie. So there's no, there's no style of movie or no genre that like gets your attention that holds your attention. Uh, mostly independent weird movies, like weird little art house movies. I'm into that. Mm. I used to do that a lot when I was in the Lower East Side. Uh, but together, huh. Taylor and I kind of, we did that a little bit, and then we kind of both just got busy with, you know, well, present careers. But there was a time where I would always go down to the Angelica Theater or the Sunshine Theater, which just closed. They turned into the Sunshine Theater. It was a big art house movie, movie house right near my house. We'd go there all the time. My sister, actually, my sister and I would always go to the movies together whenever she was around. Um, we'd always go see all kinds of weirdo movies, but yeah, no, it's been such a long time. If there was a, there's got to be an art house theater in Albany, which I could probably figure out. But I have too many things to do. Too many movies. To I'm make. so busy. Have you ever seen a movie <laughs> called The Science of Sleep? Uh, I always think I slept through that one. <laughs> no, no, seriously. <laughs> if you like that type of movie, I it heard is, of it. It is bizarre. It's really good and kind of depressing, but good. But it's one of those that you're kind of every other scene you it catches you off guard and you're like what what is this real or is this a dream or you know so yeah. if you like that type of thing like uh, like I was just talking, I think we was talking to Brett about Requiem for a Dream remember that crazy movie about mm. the drug addicts yeah you know th- those are the kind of weirdo art house movies that I always used to like in New York City but I, I can't even remember the last one I saw it's been so long yeah and uh, and Sunshine the Godfather the, Mind. the Godfather trilogy. Oh, the spotless mind was good. I like that. Yeah, the Godfather. Well, I don't like episode three of the Godfather, but one and two is good. You know, all those like mobster movies. I think you know. I'm from Long Island. We all have to. You have to watch those, otherwise, you're not accepted. You get banished. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> well, you said you've been working. You worked all day yesterday. What have you been working on? I'm working on a, this whirly gig, which uh, contractually I was supposed to deliver in March. But uh, because of the TV show, the folks at Carolina Shoes are very, are very uh, easy to work with. And 
So I'm going to try and deliver it. Maybe I might be able to finish it today. And uh, the original idea was I was going to make a whirly gig of Jackman using an Arbitech planer. But as I built the project, I started getting into it. I made a little sketch model, which was on my Instagram. As I got into it, the character looked nothing like Jackman. And the idea of him working on an Arbitech planer just wasn't quite visual. So I turned it into a guy working on an axe, which is, I did a whirly gig all in steel years ago for Make Magazine. And it was much different. And so this time I did a very similar mechanical concept, but done very differently with metal and wooden, uh, with, uh, with some brass accents to make the mechanism work, but mostly all wood. And I did a little bit of lasering, which I think we're going to kind of cover today, like where and when do we work on what type of tool, like what is our decision factor. And last night I finally, it finally came together. It was one of those projects where you like, Shh, Wow, this can go in any direction. It's kind of going off the rails. As I'm trying to like, it's not unidirectional. There's like four different directions that it looks cool at. So it's hard for me to like sit and focus on it. So when I got it last night working and I put a drill on it, it was funny. I did some Instagram stories on it. So I revealed it to the world. But I've been working on it kind of undercover a little bit. But so hopefully I'll get that video out today. We just got to do some final touches and then paint the figurine. There's a, there's a full-on wood-carved figurine that's using a, an axe. He's swinging at a dead tree. And it says Carolina Shoes is like bobbling up and down in the wood pile, which was cool because those are the laser cut letters I did a couple nights ago. And so I'm happy that that's like coming to pass. It's always nice when you're almost done with the video. And then I'm also, I worked on a knife uh, when we did the knife class. I made a really nice knife. I plasma cut it out of a piece of uh, stock and then I ground it and and I'm going to make a set of handles for that. And then I'll be able to post that video as one complete video. So this week I probably have two videos posted, I'm hoping. But I also go, I'm going to Spring Make Event in Cleveland. We go Wednesday evening. We drive out there. So me and a little caravan of people are going. So it's going to be one of those pressured weeks. But besides that, everything's good. It's sunny out today. It's yeah, nice. nice. Nice day to not go to a movie. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. David, what about you? This week, we're starting the drill press station. My drill press sits in the corner, and uh, it makes it, um, because it's in the corner, I can get a seven-foot board in there without the drill press taking up a, a big space, but it happens to be one of the messiest tools in the shop. So we're building a, a base that's going to hold the drawers, and it's going to kind of slide around the, the, the post. So if I ever have to move the drill press out, I can move this out. But uh, so it'll have drawers for storage, and then uh, it's going to have a chip catcher. So all the all the chips from the drill that doesn't if if I it's going to have a place for a, a a dust hose, but we all know that that doesn't work very well on on drill presses. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, and uh, so it'll just have a place to catch the chips. And I'm kind of debating now of uh, if I if it should just be flat and where I can just kind of brush it into a, a pan or if it's tilted up so they all kind of fall forward. I'm not sure if they will fall forward, if they just, I don't know. So we're going to experiment with that. And it's going to be a, a two-tier. There's going to be two separate pieces, the bottom base and then the top with the, with, with the fence and, and stops on there. So that's what we're working on. Plus a little, um, a long time ago, Back in maybe 1991, when I was in shop class, I made this little wooden cat, and it sits on a it sits on a shelf, and it's the the paw hangs over the side, and then there's a mouse hanging down by a string, and 
my mom's had this forever and it's fallen a couple times probably because of the craftsmanship but it, it's broken a couple places and she gave it to me about a year ago to fix and i've just been not doing it and not doing it and we're finally going to do it but i'm also going to remake it and this kind of fits in with our topic we started to we were going to start making this last week and then i had the idea of like oh but if i laser etch part of it in there i can get some textures and stuff on top of cutting this out on the bandsaw and so we put it on hold because i needed to draw that up and so as i'm thinking about this design this week i'm like do do i really use the laser or do i draw some lines and then carve it out by hand like so this is the debate i'm having which is going to fit in with our topic later so that's what's going on over here use the laser hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or i could do two who knows yeah so uh, we've been working for the past week or so at Josh's house doing a project there that we'll talk about in a few weeks. Um, but there was some – we run into that same thing, that same thing. We'll just go ahead and ju- jump into the topic, I guess, because it's come up for everybody. <clears throat> but we had this um, comment or this topic come in from Josh Luther on – Hey, Josh. Where's the email? Hey, Josh. Um on, on Patreon, one of our Patreon supporters. And he put a couple of questions, but the, the second one that I really like is, with the huge selection of tools that you three have in your shops, how do you decide which tools to use to make projects and show in your videos aside from sponsored tools? Do you ever wish you could just press the easy button and use the most efficient tool or method to make a project? And so we kind of briefly talked about this before we started recording. We run into that a lot because... I want to make sure that everything uh, is accessible as possible, but at the same time, this is like a you you want to take advantage of the tools that you have at your disposal, right? And and also by we've talked about this a million times, but by using uh, less common tools, you are exposing your audience to new things that they may not know are possible or exist or whatever. But it is kind of a weird trade off. We run into this a lot where we're like. We are going so fast and on a schedule, and I'm like, you know, well, we could just cut that on the CNC or just 3D print the thing, and that's fine. That would get it done, but it doesn't necessarily, like, carry over the value of of just printing something and sticking it in place is not the same for a viewer as explaining how something is made, showing the process for having it made, solving the problem with something that they may be able to use. But it's a weird trade-off. And... I don't think I really have an answer. But anyway, we have run into this very specifically at Josh's house in the last week. I mean, we're running into it all the time. But I mean, what do you what do you guys think about this? Like how do you choose? I personally I personally like to do like a healthy mix. There are times where I say, "You know what? Let me just only use hand tools." And I can't think of a specific example recently because I haven't made a video in like a year, but I'm working on <laughs> This I'm working on this uh, <clears throat> I'm working on this uh, this whirly gig, and I went into it with the mindset of this is going to look a little folk arty. Let me keep it somewhat folk arty. And as I got into it, I was going to hand cut. Uh, I was going to cut the letters <laughs> folk arty, you know, because uh, I the last whirly gig I did, and if anybody even remembers it, I'm going to people some some will compare it to it. Oh, this is like the one you did last time, but the last time was all cut out of metal, and this one is all mostly wood. With a little bit of metal work, but the metal work is just brass soldered, and that's not complicated. And uh, 
so I, I decided, you know what, folk art. I, I also think of like a textured contrast if you're looking at the overall video. So I went down the path of like all woodwork, simple woodwork, not complicated. Well, I carved the whole figurine on the bandsaw, which I guess is complicated if you don't have a lot of skill set there. But it's possible, and I show you that it's possible. And then when I, I laser cut the letters, so this video is going to be all in the shop on the bandsaw, hand carved in the shop on the bandsaw, hand carved. Then I go to the laser to make the letters, and then I go right back to the shop, all hand carved. So I like the idea of just like almost like a little technological break in the video to like, oh, look at that. That's cool. Oh, and then you bring it back in. So, mm. And it's funny. I, I don't have like, I guess I do have a contract with uh, Full Spectrum Laser, and it's had uh, a couple of dedicated videos, but most of the time, if I'm using a laser, it's not a dedicated video in the sense that everything happens in the laser. I'm only using the laser for one little aspect of a bigger project, always. I mean, they've never complained to me and said that I fulfilled my obligation because I use it all the time. You know, I'll, I'll always throw it in there. I haven't used it because I've been busy. But in general, it, you know, when I'm streaming, I'll when I'm rolling on a couple of projects, oh, let me laser that. That's a good idea. So I'll jump in, I'll laser that. Most of the time I'll use a laser and a CNC whenever there's type involved. One thing that drives me crazy, and it's mostly when I was in a teacher, I would tell my students, you're in art school. You're here to learn how to do graphic design. Never, ever, ever hand draw type unless you're an absolute pro. Do not draw hand type. Print it, laser cut it, get it done by somebody else. But don't uh, you can hand draw it if you draw it precisely the way it's designed. And that would always drive me crazy when students would come in and be like, oh, this is the cover of my book. I'm like, you're in art school. You have access to printers, silk screeners, anything you need to do. And you hand drew type on the front of the book. Then you're not even good at it. So that drives me nuts. That's a pet peeve of mine. So that's why I really like to use the laser or the CNC specifically for type. And uh, hmm. I mean, I'll bandsaw. I'll bandsaw type, but I will only really bandsaw type that is printed. So I'll go and get a template printed at FedEx because you can get you can get templates printed fairly cheap uh, for like you know a, a, a four by uh, a, like a 30 inch wide by four foot long thing it's only like six or eight dollars you know if you're getting a pattern made so again that, that's only because you know that'll be generated from a plotter you get a nice big print out of an actual typeface and then you hand saw it hand band saw it but I, I like a healthy mix. In this, the one, the one thing, in, there's an aspect in this build, I was thinking of CNCing because it's eight pieces that are exactly the same. And then as I, as I broke it down in my mind, as I was leading, my, leading to the shop, I was heading to the shop and my subconscious mind was taking it apart and putting it back together and trying to figure out what would be the best way to do it. I was like, okay, I'll CNC it. But then when I got in the shop, I'm like, wait a minute, it's just all straight cuts. Let me just do the bandsaw. So I ended up straight cutting it on the table saw and the chop saw and then the bandsaw for the technical thing. That's that's like the aspect that I was going to see and see. And I was like, you know, it's only eight of them. By the time I'm done with this, it'll be the same amount of time it will take me to even make the file. That's another thing, too, is when I think if I got to create a file for it, I got to go get my other kit because I usually use a different computer for the CNC machine. I got to set up that. And... and <laughs> I do. I have, a, I, have a, I have a ThinkPad. We know. I have a ThinkPad, which is, I have two ThinkPads, two iBooks, one big iMac, <laughs> and two iPads. So, and then, you know what drives me all crazy? 2019. Go, yeah, and people go, you can use your computer for me? No. It's like saying, can, is there any empty pages in your journal? Can I have it? <laughs> okay. Don't ask me for a free computer. Wow. 
So uh, yeah, so that's sometimes it's it depends on it depends on uh, like I'll think and see like oh this to set the file up is the same amount of time it'll take me to just hand make this thing. So that's all hand making. I was gonna say I'll definitely use a CNC if I can set up a concept where I might make multiples down the road, and that kind of harkens to last week. But go ahead, Dave. Uh, maybe we can save this for the after show, but I've been, I, I see you've been using procreate on the iPad, which is a really awesome app. And I want to talk about oh, that yeah. later. So yeah, I'm just, dig- I'm just getting into it. It's really awesome. Yeah. I struggle all the time. I, I, I tell myself and I've said it on the show, like I'm from now on, I'm going to use the tools that I want to use, but when it comes time to use maybe one of those digital tools or a more expensive tool, I find myself questioning it. I'm like, ah, maybe we should. Maybe we should just use a chisel here or or hand carve or, or, or something or do it on the bandsaw. Um, in my experience, I th- I'm getting less pushback from the digital tools. I think maybe it's becoming part of the norm. Um, but um, it, it is a struggle for me. It's, I'm going to have a struggle with this with this cat. Like, do I laser cut one or laser etch one for the design or do I hand carve it? Um, so I think... I'm not only you, I want to say I want to use the tools that I feel like using that I want to use, but I'm also looking for the benefit of the video. And yeah, that's a big part of it. It is yeah. all my tools. I paid for all my, all my major power tools. I paid for with my own money, except for the saw stop. The saw stop was given to me, um, but I did pay for my previous saw stop. So I can I can use any tool that I want. I don't have two table saws, so I'm all, when it comes to the table saw, I'm just going to use the saw stop. So I don't have any influence on which power tools to use. When I'm doing a video for Rockler, I'm going to use some of their jigs and some of their, their fixtures and, and little things like that. But I am free to use whatever tools that I want. So it's the struggle is just in my head of what's best for the video. Yeah, I think that's a bigger deal than people probably realize because it would be super easy and maybe even justifiable to use all digital tools. Like to to take a project and say, you know, like we could 3D print the brackets, we could cut out the form, the the body, whatever, on the laser or CNC and assemble it together. But that's a extremely boring video to watch. <laughs> that is That is machines doing machine work. Even though you did a bunch of work ahead of time, like the programming and the setup and the design and all that stuff doesn't make for good video necessarily. And then the machines running by themselves doesn't make for good video. So there's that downside. And then there's the whole other like accessibility and, uh, you know, stuff for people. I, so I got the Wazer recently and the deal with them was I didn't get any money. I don't typically talk about deals, but I wanted to make a point here. It's a very expensive machine. And I didn't get any money, but I got the machine to keep as payment, which is something that I never, ever do. Except for one other time. <laughs> but like, like you. I like have the you, same deal I've with Wazer, by the way. I have the same yeah, deal. I mean, they gave me the machine. I'm going to yeah. make a video. I said, give it to me. It'll get used. That's what I said to them. But I am going to make yeah. one dedicated video. So the only other machine like that, and I just wanted to, I didn't think when I said that. The only other machine is the CNC machine because I already had one and then CNC router parts wanted to give me one. So those are the only two big tools that I have not paid for myself. And I'm not bound to use either one of those in any particular amount. They just, you know, I have them to use them whenever it makes sense. Right. So with the Wazer thing, it was like, well, I need to make a video to show this thing off that they gave it to me. Just one, like, thank you. 
here's a, a representation of how it can be used. And I think we come, came up with a cool idea to make the gimbal handle. And so we cut that out. And all along the way, I was really careful to say, like, I'm cutting this on aluminum. You don't have to have a water jet to do that. Obviously, you can do it with woodworking tools. Like, you can do this entire project without this big tool, but I have it, so I get to use it, so I'm going to try it out, right? And I was really maybe over the top explaining that away because I knew that there would be pushback. You know, when you see, like, a tool that's almost $10,000 uh, in someone's shop, uh, I knew that there would be pushback, and I was kind of prepared for that. And there actually wasn't that much. There was some people that were just like, whoa, that thing is really expensive, but that was it. It wasn't like, you know, I can't believe you use something except for this one guy. And I'm not complaining about trolls, whatever. It didn't hurt my feelings. But it was really – the thing that got me about it was <clears throat> he said something to the effect of, um, you know, you lost me when you started using a $10,000 tool or, so that we can't use or something like that. And so my response was I went out of my way to point out exactly how, you know, what other tools you could use to do the same thing. His response was, that's just lip service. <laughs> do you care more about us or do you care oh, about wow. the company that's sponsoring you? And the thing that got me there was that, like, I had a legitimate here, use a bandsaw, right? Use a bandsaw to make this cut. Use a jigsaw to make this cut. It's not lip service. That functionally does the thing that I'm telling you that it can do. So the, the response was just a a weird, like, I don't know, jealousy or just, yeah, I, I don't know what it was. It doesn't matter. That's not that's not the point yeah. of what I'm saying. The Sounds point like is like that needs to get out more. <laughs> but the the point is like when you choose to use a tool like that, even giving an alternative is sometimes not enough to like soothe mm -hmm. the the uneasiness that goes around you know from an audience watching that, and so it makes it to where. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's why you had that feeling that you were talking about. You were like, I don't care if what tools I'm going to use. I'm going to use whatever I want. There's still, as justified as those tools are, there's still that thing mm -hmm. that you have to like fight against sometimes, whether it's one person or a hundred people or whatever. And that does definitely play into how we use tools. And so now I'm looking at this water jet that's sitting in the shop going like, well, how often can I use that thing? You know, it, well, what's the breaking point to where people, more than just that one dude, people as a mass will start going like, well, I can't do that one. So, like, I'm going to just stop watching or I'm less interested because in the next video, maybe he'll use another tool that I don't have access to. And so it's kind of weird. I mean, it's, you know, it's a it's like a line you can tow. But if you go too far and you start using too many of those things too regularly, then people may start to like not pay attention because they just assume that you're going to be using tools they can't have. Now that works at every scale. I think that works at like a, Oh yeah. If I use a bandsaw all the time, there will be people who only have a jigsaw that go like, well, I'm not going to watch Bob anymore. Cause I don't have a bandsaw. And I don't, you know, I, yeah. I think that works at every scale, right? It's not just like the $10,000 tools, mm -hmm. but that definitely plays into, it's like another one of the factors you know, it's like, is it visual? Is it worth watching a video of using Tool X? Does it make it faster for you? Is it going to drive people away over time? Or is it going to draw people in? I mean, there's a lot to try to figure out when you're producing the content. Now, if it was purely like, if we were doing production stuff, robots all day long, baby. Right. <laughs> it's just like, I, think I it's, would buy multiple CNCs and just have them running, you know? 
It's what what the what what is the point of the video? So sometimes we do videos that are step by step tutorials to show you how to do something, like like m making a drill press station, or sometimes I'm making something for me that nobody in the audience is going to make. So I can use those tools, and you can just enjoy me making the, this thing. Lately, I've come up with this way of trying to describe trolls or or just negative comments. Uh, because when you, because so many people would just say ignore them, and it's really hard to ignore. And I, I think of it like if you went to your family reunion, and twenty people told you that you look good, you, you know, you, you look, you look really good today. But Uncle Joe says you got fat. When you go home that night, which one of those comments are you going to think of? You're going to think of the twenty good ones? No, you're going to think of Uncle Joe, who got into your head. <laughs> Uncle Joe. Yeah. yeah. So be cool, Uncle Joe. <laughs> For real. So I, um, a, a, a funny retort that I often have, and I haven't remembered writing it recently, but when people say to me, oh, uh, there's, there's a conversation going on on Stumpy Nubs. Stumpy Nubs did a thing about the sauce stop. So I made one comment under it about my personal experience. And there's about 50, maybe 50 to 70 comments. Some of them get deleted. Stumpy's in there policing it because people get really rude. And, uh, but it's all about who can afford and who can't afford a saw stop. And, and then also if people say, oh, that would be cool. I wish I could have a CNC plasma cutter to cut steel. Or I wish I was given a free table saw. My answer is so simple. You want a free table saw? Start a YouTube channel. And that's it. I didn't, I'm not some, you know, we're not some royalty. We're not like chosen because... You start a YouTube channel, you get people to watch you, and there's a value for people who watch you, and then you get free stuff. So there was absolutely... <laughs> it's maybe a little oversimplified, but... There is nobody that can't do it. <laughs> That's so the, true. Yeah. The only person who sits there and goes, I want a free tool. Give the free tools to all the people that can afford them. That person is just jealous. And that is it. I've come to that realization that anybody that's going to complain about, oh, I can't afford on the job I have. Like... You have an iPhone, go start a YouTube channel. You want free stuff? Start a YouTube channel. Stop whining. Well, but the point of this question, I agree with you, but the point <laughs> of this question was not about external stuff. It's like, how do we decide when to put those things in? That's maybe not not as obvious to people watching, you know, when and how often we don't choose to use it. Because, I mean, we could easily, like, you know, CNC every single thing that we do to make our production and our weekly yeah. schedules easier. That would give us, personally... More free time, right? Yeah. Uh, but we choose not to do that on every single one. Well, it's so funny. It's from a business point of view, I met a company that sells router bits, and I met them at this convention, and they're like, oh, let's do, let's, how can we do a weekly video? I'm like, great. I gave them a price, which is super fair for a monthly video. And they're like, oh, that's a lot of money. I'm like, oh, uh, I'm not budging. But at the end of the day, if I got to deal with that company that sells router bits and want me to do a video for them once a month, it would be so easy because all I'd have to do is see and see it. I'd be like, there you go. Computer's all time. We don't want more free time because we would just fill our free time with making more things. So we just want to oh, use true. what's enjoyable. I came back from that convention going, "Yes, this is going to be a slam dunk." And then they're like, "It's too much money for a video." I'm like, uh, no, you ain't getting a video from me. But uh, I was going to say, I like using this technology because to me it was so inaccessible until I did the super 
complex thing that nobody else can do. I started a YouTube channel. Now they have access to all this cool, complicated technology. And I'm like so excited the other night. I'm like sitting here, like experimenting, cutting acrylic. And I hadn't really, I, I know acrylic is cuttable, but I never really experienced it. So I'm cutting like my logo. I'm cutting the Carolina shoe logo. I'm having fun. And I'm discovering stuff that, oh my God, this is amazing. So I want to share that. I like sharing like the, my wins. I, I didn't even know that a CNC plasma cutter existed. I didn't even know a belt grinder existed. I, I, I live in a small bubble, but watching your videos, Jimmy, I've I've learned about all these these tools. I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not yeah. going to buy that. But that's kind of cool to use. I didn't yeah. even know this this thing existed. So people with your mentality, that's my consumer. That's a really good point because I didn't know a belt grinder was a thing. Until I watched your video, and I, and then I saw him, and I'm like, oh, he's got a Beaumont. I'll go see how much a Beaumont is. <laughs> what? Okay, that's not happening. But <laughs> a couple of months, listen, a couple of months later, I went to an estate sale. And I'm going around this old dude's shop, and it's mostly, like, stuff that I don't want. And I look over, and there's a belt grinder. And I knew what it was from watching your video, and I got it for, like, $35. There you go. And I made a video about restoring it and got it working again. So I made that money back in AdSense probably or whatever. Yeah. But that's a thing I wouldn't have even picked up and walked out with if I hadn't seen it in your video and gone, well, the one he has is too expensive for me. So I'm going to wait. And then I found one super cheap. And, you know, I mean, it does the job. It's not great. but Also, shop people, whether woodworking, metalworking, crafting or whatever, we're creative people. So we might see somebody using this tool that we don't have access to. And problem solve and figure out how to do that thing another way. There's always more than one way to do something in, in woodworking. And so I, I'm assuming that my audience, are they're, they're creative people and they're problem solvers. And, you know, I, I think I try to, maybe I don't give my audience enough credit in, in that, what you're exactly what you're saying. I think a lot of times I will try to over explain an, an alternative option for them. And that's not because I don't think they're capable of thinking of it, but it's just like, here's another option just in case you didn't realize that you could do it in a different way. But I, I wonder if that comes off negatively or, you know, like I'm not giving them enough credit, you know, to come so. up with their own alternatives. But I also get so many comments that are just like, well, I didn't, I don't have the tool, so I can't do the thing. Not necessarily negative comments, just like, you know, factual, I can't do that because I don't have X. I mean, there's a lot of, there's tons of people who live in apartments and they want to make stuff. They want to have the tools. They just physically don't have a place to put them. So I get a lot of comments around that. Like, you know, do you have any ideas for how we could make this when we live in an apartment? We don't have a garage. We don't have a a parking lot that we can cut stuff in or whatever. And so I think those type of actual legitimate questions as to how to do something drive a lot of my, here's an alternative, here's an alternative thing. Um, but I hadn't really thought about that that might actually be taking away the potential for problem solving on their part hmm. in some cases. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I don't think you're, I don't think it's taken away, but you could, um, pose a question to the audience. Like, you know, maybe you don't have access to this tool. What is another way to do this? Share your thoughts with the, with the audience and maybe everybody learns. That's from great. That. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Hmm. I, I mean, we try, I've gotten into a pattern where at least with the CNC and with the laser, I treat those as almost last resorts. Hmm. I pretty much only use, and now the laser, I only use those when they are 
basically the only way to get something done or are significantly faster, easier. You know, like if it's just cutting, like somebody sent us, um, actually a guy that works at CNC Rider Parts sent us this V-Carve plug-in type module something or other. And it lets you make drawers or boxes with dovetails on the CNC. It's like you put in the dimensions of the box and it spits out G-code with dovetails in it. Mm. So oh, you can yeah. you can make a box that's sturdy, that's strong, that's nice looking, you know, out of plywood, or I guess you can do it out of solid wood too. We did it out of plywood as a test. I want that. And like I can send it do to you. Do you have to but do you have to mount the one piece vertical for it to come? Nope. Huh. It's cool. And so the thing about that is like that would dramatically make that faster. And I could easily make every box that I make from now on <laughs> plug in. But that's like one of those things. It's like, well, I mean I want to. I <laughs> I'll send you a link to it. It's just on their website. It's like a free thing you can download. But it, you know, that's one of those things where I have to fight against that urge to take the what what Josh was asking about, like the easy button. You know the quickest possible way, because I will fall into the trap of doing that every time. And that's my one problem with 3D printers. And Josh, that works with me, we've talked about this a lot. I love 3D printers. I love that people use them for all sorts of different things. But I think one of the downfalls of them is that a lot of people who get really used to 3D printing think that it is the tool to use for every situation. And anytime something needs to be made, well, let's print it. And I'm like, well... No, I said that. It's not necessarily the best. You know, like sometimes yeah. a piece of something is the best to be 3D printed, but like, let's make a box. Well, make the box out of wood and make the hinge out of plastic. Or I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. There's a high school class. No, I don't know. It's, it's my buddy Danny's class. And I go in there and I see the kids, they're 3D printing like a tube. I'm like, what? what's that for? I'm like, oh, we're 3D printing a tube. And it's like the thing that's going to hold the electronics. And so they're all sitting around waiting for this one tube to like print out. And I'll grab like a, I'm like a medicine bottle. I'm like, isn't that the same shape? Like, yeah. I'm like, well, why don't you use this? Oh, okay. And then they realize they don't have to sit there and yeah. watch a tube print for 45 minutes because it's just something that's just stuck. But you got to make that decision. You got to know when you have to be exposed to, to it. It's 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 all about what you've been exposed to previously. Yeah. And so maybe us making these videos of using these tools is exposing these people to these things, and maybe it'll help you think to go the easiest route or to look in a alternative method. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tricky. And I don't think there's like an answer to it at all. Um, you know, it's different for every person. And a lot of that goes back to like who your audience is, what it is you think they're trying to get out of what you do and, and all that. But I know that if, if content wasn't the product for me, if it was like making physical things, those tools would get, infinitely more use than they get now was there all the digital tools would just be out front you know was there a part of josh's comment or question about purchasing tools about future tools Uh, i don't think so Uh, so Uh, when oh well uh, the first part that i didn't read was aside from projects that are commissioned how do you decide what projects you're going to build does it come from a need or do you want to explore a certain tool uh, or the method? explore? I like that part because I'm exploring metalworking right now. And so a lot of my uh, a lot of my resources are going to getting tools for the, the metal shop. So um don't really have a need for 
a belt grinder right now, but I know it's going to come in handy. So I'm, I'm looking into them right now and I'm probably going to pick one up when, when the money is right. And I, I am so lucky that my job is exploring. And so mm-hmm. I can justify buying a tool to, to explore. So uh, I, I'm so into metalworking right now. I'm just like going through all these, these books and, and I have some, a couple of project ideas that I think I'm, I want to bring my audience more into the exploring and bringing in new, new types of ways of doing things into woodworking. Cause my audience is mostly woodworking. Anytime I do anything outside of woodworking, art, metal, crafting, screen printing, like my audience does not watch those, those videos. And I want mm-hmm. to, I want to expose them to, to more things and, and maybe think outside the woodworking box. Ha <laughs> So now that you've been doing metal stuff for a little while and you're really interested in it, do you, how have you seen, like, this is a total shift in topic, but how have you seen like your progression? Do you feel like you can see movement, you know, in like your welding skill and then just all of those different things that you're picking up? Well, I, I come from, I come from like not doing any metal working to where it, it was kind of a mystery to me and I was scared to do it. Not scared as in like I'm gonna hurt myself, but just like I, so much to know. Really, yeah, there's so much. There is so much to know, and there's so it's many choices and so many different routes you can go. It's it's kind of hard to get into. And once I took that class, and there was somebody there to hold my hand to show me how to do this, it's like the confidence was just instantly there. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go get the tools, and I'll learn on the fly now. Now that I, I just had that little push in the right direction, that I am confident that I can explore and learn on my own now. Yep. I am going to cool. do so. I'm, I'm currently outlining two videos um, one on intro to welding for people, for noobs, and also on plasma cutting. And I'm going to approach it like, hey, I am not an expert on this, but the reason you might want to. N- watch this video is because I've gathered all this information. I've been studying this for weeks and I've got some books and I'm reading up on this. Uh, uh, Maybe you're in the same boat as me. Let's learn together. Maybe I can't show you how to be an expert at this, but I can show you how to get involved and and get started. And another thing there, you've already done research, which means you already know resource and in a place in a video like that, being able to also share, like, if you want to learn more, here are the resources I use to figure out what I figured out. That is hugely valuable because when I go to search for a new topic, it's like, well, there's a thousand YouTube videos and a thousand books and I don't know if any of them are any good. But to have somebody who's saying, like, I've already done the research and here's the short list of, you know, worthwhile resources. Mm -hmm. That's that's big. That's cool. Yeah. I need to do I need to go down that same road cuz the my experience with metalworking has been just like dipping my toes in on occasion and I learned a little bit and then like by the time I get back to it again I've kind of forgotten the details of what I learned and kind of have to relearn how to weld every 6 months and stuff like that, you know. But Yeah, it's that that plasma table I got it set up last weekend and just approaching the software again was just for me it was so complicated cuz I I I completely forgot how to use it. I don't even I couldn't even set a file up. But I figured it out, but approaching it, I it's funny, I forgot it so well 
that now I have a whole new method of using it, which I can't remember the first method of using. I remember doing things and I can't find those key commands. I just can't remember what they are. So now I have a new method of using it, which isn't the way I remember using it, but I can't remember how I got to certain aspects of the software last time. I never, like I'm, I'm just totally baffled. But anyway, I just need a refresher course with somebody that works at the program company. I mean, at TorchMate. I'm going to call them this week and ask them for software upgrade and stuff because I haven't turned the machine on in probably two years. It's funny. I When it comes to turning pens on the lathe, I constantly have to relearn i've made a video i've watched my own video on how to learn to turn a pen on the lathe <laughs> yeah i That's... did that recently with something oh with the arcade that i was working on <laughs> i actually had to go back and watch my first one to figure out exactly how i put the vinyl on but hey that's why we do it i yeah. guess uh you guys got anything else on this uh big tool discussion well I- i'm curious are, are you guys looking into any new tools? Uh, like, how do you explore and purchase new tools? That's funny. I really didn't think I was going to get a Wazer, but then when they asked me and I didn't realize I didn't have to pay for it, I was like, oh, well, I really want a Wazer now. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, I honestly wanted to, for the Wazer, I wanted generation two or three to come out. And so I was like, to, in my mind, I was like, oh, let me just wait for that folding phone you remember that you see that folding phone that's out now and everyone's like (laughs) saying it's breaking and everyone's like that's why i went for generation two so it was the same thing with that but i i I have my eyes on and i've been talking to full spectrum and i haven't pushed it because it's been winter to get a bigger laser like a you know much bigger laser bed like one of those machines that stands along like a big Mm. laser like one that can cut through like half inch plywood uh, I don't know what the wattage is on that. I forgot. But I'm going to start pushing them again for that. Because they, they, they said, when you're ready, let us know. And the winter was here. And I was just like, you know what? Now that it's summer, I'm going to push for that. So I think um, I'm on the market for another, a big laser. One that's like a standalone unit. But, so that's probably my next thing, maybe sometime this summer. I don't know. Um, I've tried really hard not to just like buy every tool that I see so that I don't fill up my space because I want to have you know, open working space in my shop. Um, But I think probably a belt grinder is one of the near future ones. When you started talking about that last week, I got really interested because every time I use mine, I bog it down. It's just not made for what I've used it for. And I don't use it often enough to where that's really a problem. But every time I touch it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this yeah, that's right. <laughs> little, little little baby grinder. Just doesn't yeah, quite it's funny. There are some tools job. in the shop that have a little stink on them. And every time I think I got to go use them, I just that little stink is in the air. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's my drill press. I hate my drill I gotta press. That's change the only that tool thing. in my shop I don't it's like. like. Stink on it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you, it's funny when you're working on it, it's just like you kind of like have like a wet diaper and you're like, there's something wrong. I'm like, oh, 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 this is that drill press. It doesn't run well. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, like the emotion. You're so used to that, like, emotional stink when you come near something that always gives yeah. you problems. Sometimes yeah. you forget why, but it's in the air. <laughs> the only other thing that I have been considering lately, and this was kind of modeled after what you've done, David, is getting a second bandsaw um, mm. was to have a, a really thin blade and a really thick blade. And I hate hate changing <laughs> blades on a bandsaw I'm, with a passion no affiliation and it's only because of the tension oh. just get 10 I, of them i hate it <laughs> zero <laughs> affiliation with rikon never even had a conversation with them but i cannot recommend the the, the 10 inch 305 enough it's the it's the benchtop right. one 
it works so well. I have a 316 inch blade on there. I, I love it. And it's really affordable for bandsaw. I think it's like $2.99. You might even be able to get it hmm. cheaper when they go on sale. And it's the, which one is it? The, the 305. Yeah, the 10305. Okay. I And I've made bandsaw boxes on there. So I've cut four inch material on that little guy. As long as you have a really sharp blade with, with big gullets, you can you can cut thicker stuff on there. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's like three twenty-two on Amazon right now. Mm. You might, if you have a, a like a woodcraft or a rockler, you might be able to get it for two ninety-nine. Hmm. Sweet. Yeah. I might check that one out. Yeah. Not that I really need another bandsaw. It would just be really nice to have those two options. You know. It re- I'm t- it it really speeds things up, and I'm I use the little one probably more than the bigger one, and when people see that little one and how affordable it is, it's like, Oh, do you recommend that bandsaw? And I'm like, absolutely. I do. You know? And then, hmm. and then when I need to go resell something, I'll use the big Laguna. Interesting. Cool. I might check that out. All right. Hmm. Well, you guys got anything else on tools? Do, what about, what about you? You didn't answer. Are there any tools that you have wanted to get other than the metalworking stuff, I guess? Me? Um, yeah. I think right now I'm I'm really into to metalworking. Uh, I, I, yeah, they, I think I don't have a lot of space. I mean, I do, but I'm kind of like you. Like the wood chop is pretty much complete. I don't need any bigger tools. I just need I need smaller, maybe a little bit more specialized tools for doing handwork and and stuff like that. Um, I need a lot of tools for the metal shop, but I'm I'll I'll space those purchases out kind of as needed. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So you've been doing MIG. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in TIG? Not right now. The The machine that I have can do that, but not right now. Oh, cool. I, I feel like let's let's get past this part first and, and get really comfortable with it, and then we can, we can explore other techniques and methods. Yeah. Right on. Cool. All right. Well, um, let me thank our Patreon supporters before we talk about what we're watching. Because I don't have anything, so I'm hoping you guys will take a long time to talk about what <laughs> so that I can come up with something. Uh, big thanks to Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Maker in Training, Funkus Artistic Creations, Blondie Hacks, Caleb Harris, and Make Build Modify. Uh, they're our top supporters, but thanks to them and everyone else that supports us at any level. And if you want to help out the show, go to uh what's the way oh yeah patreon <laughs> <laughs> i totally spaced patreon.com slash making it and over there if you are a patreon supporter and you don't get the after show there's a little link in the in the top right i think that has the rss feed specifically for the after show and it's like a separate feed you can put in your podcast player and you always get the after show and that's everybody who helps us out it's just more of us talking and what is it we're going to talk about today you said you were I, want, I just wanted to uh, talk about Jimmy playing around with Procreate on the iPad, which is a really, really cool app. It can do mm. a ton. Um, it's not going to take up a whole show, so we'll have to we'll have to throw in some secret stuff in there to make it worth it. Mm, mm-hmm. Secret stuff. We can talk mm-hmm. about my uh, upcoming trip to Europe. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We talked what? a while ago about coming up with like maybe some sort of like three card set, like a collect them off or maker fair. I wonder if we oh, can. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If we design like a four by six card, each one of us, and then oh, let's do that. Maybe we can talk about that in hmm. after show. Yeah. Cool. 
All right. Yeah. Um, David. Yeah. What you been watching? There is a music channel. The guy's name is Alex Ball, and I am so into his channel right now. He yesterday or the day before he put out this. Um, this is just one guy, but he puts out videos that normally take a team of people to make. But uh, the title of the video is called "How to Escape from New York." How the Escape from New York music was made. And it's a John Carpenter film. And John Carpenter, who is an amazing director, writer, also makes a lot of his music for his films. Um, but he partnered with this other guy named Alex Haworth for this movie. And so this is a great, fantastic interview. And it's full of cool synth stuff and, and history. And if you're into music at all, you really should check out this guy's channel because a couple weeks ago, he did this other video called uh, The Roland Retrospective, which is just like the history of the Roland Music Company and and their synths. And it's an hour and 12 minute long video. And whenever I think of like just a dude in, in, in his studio making an hour and 12 minute video, I think boring. But th- it has like PBS documentary quality to it like his videos are so good so highly recommend alex ball then the videos he does in between his like history videos is just him making like synthwave retro stuff with vintage synthesizers it's it's a super cool channel sweet jimmy what you got um you know i'm gonna recommend brett's video recently i'm just kind of perusing it right now uh While I was away, uh, just before I went away, we were trying to figure out how to make a casted coin. And Brett wanted to simulate a casted coin. And we were trying to 3D print. I don't understand. I can't figure out why we were having a problem with 3D printing something so small. The resolution wasn't coming out good. And I had printed other things small. So it, was, it, was, it wasn't necessarily a matter of like how small it was. It was just something about the file. Anyway, we were struggling through that. And then when I left... I had to go away. Brett's like, I'll figure it out. And then he sent me a picture of a really amazing brass coin based on the design that we were playing around. And uh, so the idea of there's many, many, many ways to make a brass coin. We He wanted to try and make it plastic so we can make a casting of it. But what he ended up doing was cutting out uh, a resist on the cricket. Is it a cricket or a silhouette? He cut out, yeah. he cut out a resist and stuck it on a piece of brass and then just electro etched it with a car battery charger, the way anybody could do it. Hmm. No complications. Cool. Anybody, all you got to do is start a YouTube channel and get free <laughs> battery chargers. <laughs> and <laughs> so uh, the free battery charger from the battery company store, you get it at like a motorcycle shop. Mm. And The battery company store? Yeah. And, and anyway, so go check out Brett's video. And the, the idea of like, there was we were just stumped a little bit. There was so many ways of going, but we were trying to do the 3D printing route because I have a 3D printer, and that wasn't working. And and I kind of left him holding the bag. He's like, "I'll figure it out. Don't worry about it." But then he ended up coming up with a really practical solution that anybody could do. So Brett just put out he, he just put out a video where he basically makes like a like a trade coin, a trade out coin or something. I forget what they call it. Anyway, it's just a cool like pirate coin. Did a good job. Yeah, sweet. Tell him I sent you because he thinks I never watch his videos. Say, you know what? Go watch it and say, Jimmy says he's watching. So, whatever. Say something. (laughs) Cool. Um, So, mine is uh, 
It's called How to, How Stop Motion Movies Are Animated at the Studio Behind the Missing Link. And I haven't watched The Missing Link yet, which is a new movie, but the studio is Leica. And they have done a bunch of stop motion animation movies um, like uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. Uh, I, there are a bunch of them. I can't think of all the names. Box Trolls, stuff like that. And every time I see sped up versions of videos of people doing stop motion. It's, I don't know. It just, it's amazing to watch because it's happening. The sped up version is way, way faster than reality, but the motion that's happening on screen because it takes so long to do is like kind of real time. Anyway, I love stop motion and I would never, ever have the patience for it. So I think that's part of why I think it's so interesting. But anyway, this is just kind of a cool video that shows some of the history and some different variation talks to some of the people that worked on it. But when you see uh, these sets that they're working on and like a human standing next to a set and then the characters that they're animating are inches tall or, you know, a foot tall or whatever. It's just crazy the amount of effort that they go to to get some of these sets and get this animation done. Um, And it's it's really cool. It's only about six minutes. But they kind of cover kind of cover the whole thing. So it's pretty cool. And I have a lot of respect for Leica as a company because they, they do some pretty amazing stuff. So go check that out. You guys got anything else? Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't think so. Okay. On to the after show. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Love you. Start a YouTube channel. Stop complaining. <laughs> Thank you.